Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? I'm excited to announce our guest for episode 11, Carrie Merriam. Carrie is a transformational thought leader on a mission to empower, inspire, and accelerate spiritual growth. She's an international speaker, yoga and meditation teacher, breathwork healer, and well-being strategist with over 10 years and 10,000 hours of facilitation and training in the spiritual space. Carrie shares her teachings of empowerment, self-awareness, and health and wellness on stages and festivals around the world, also through in-person and virtual events. She has collaborated and partnered with a variety of international brands, such as Beats by Dr. Dre, Lululemon, Shape Magazine, Runner's Magazine, and Prana. Today, Carrie uses her leadership, operational, and growth skills, along with her extensive background in fitness and spiritual practices to guide her students. In this episode, we cover Carrie's journey to becoming a yoga teacher, what is yoga beyond the physical postures, looking at the ego and true self, and how does one initiate on the path of spirituality? Now, this was a fascinating conversation about Carrie's journey and the path of yoga. I personally enjoyed it a lot, and I'm sure you will as well. Let's dive right in. Carrie, thank you for being on the Growth Lab all the way from Berlin, Germany. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see your face, and I'm so excited to have a juicy, conscious conversation tonight. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I was actually thinking back to the time we met, and it's been, it's been a couple of years. Uh, so Carrie and I met at Mind Valley University in Tallinn, and for those of you that know, know Mind Valley University is a transformation program hosted in a different country every year, and the one we attended was in Tallinn, Estonia. Um, and I just love the way that she approaches life and she has a lot to share. Uh, and, and we all, we connected, um, you know, amongst all the chaos and all that was going on, we, we were able to come together and ground each other, which I, which I loved about her. Uh, now, Carrie, you've done a lot of interesting things in your life and you've gone through a lot. You're now a yoga teacher, a breath work facilitator, a spiritual coach, uh, but it wasn't always like this. Uh, now as a starting point, could you take us back to the compelling event that kind of led you down this path? And then we can kind of carry that forward. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And again, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I feel the same that the energies of each other really complement, and we're able to kind of anchor in. So I'm excited for us to dive in. It's been a really wild journey and it's been crazy to think it's been 11 years since I started teaching yoga. I'm coming on my 11 year mark. So when I look back and I I feel back into that space and time in my life, I was living in New York City. I went to college at University of Colorado Boulder and then I transferred um, and finished up at Hunter. It was a CUNY school um, in New York City. 
And I always thought that I would be like an on-air news anchor. That was my dream when I was in high school. <laughs> um, I always thought that I would be like talking about the news or just be an on-air news anchor. So I went to school for journalism and for television production, but I always worked in the nightclubs in New York City to pay my bills, essentially. And growing up in the environment that I grew up in, I really created this false sense of self, right? Back then, this was before Facebook, thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> because I had enough scandalous pictures on MySpace to... <laughs> I think back and I, I'm like, wow, okay, so I'm happy that I was finally able to get those MySpace pictures down. So don't go and look for them. Don't Google my name. Um, but I look back at that time in my life and there wasn't a lot of access to understand and receive um, conscious awareness or um, really spiritual spirituality, right? There was religion or there wasn't religion. And, and yoga was a thing that was happening in New York City. And I remember going to one or two classes and walking in and it was very dogmatic. And I went to yoga to the people back in the day um, on St. Mark Street. And I just remember walking in and there was people like just breathing like crazy. And I was, you know, working as a bartender. I was in the nightclub industry. I was partying way too hard. I was really struggling with cocaine addiction and drug addiction at the time. And I was like, okay, these people are breathing really weird. Like I'm never coming back. Like people were wearing all white and like taking themselves really seriously. So I actually got a really bad taste in my mouth the first time I did yoga in New York City. But it was that one seed that was planted that the conversation that I had with um, a soul sister of mine that opened me up to recognize there was a new way to do life, right? It's just that one conversation. And now what I love about it is we have access to podcasts or YouTube videos that have all of these opportunities to plant seeds, to think about life in a new way. And back then I didn't have access to that information, but I truly believe the universe brought me a soul sister. And it just took one shot of Jameson, one joint, and one really serious conversation <laughs> about spirituality that led me on the path of thinking about life in a different way. And it was just that one seed that was planted that, that led me to take one step and another step and another step and another step that got me here. Yeah, I love that. I, I call those points in your life or those moments like pivot points. And I've had some of those, right? Where you like, mm -hmm. something happens and, you know, probably in that time, you don't know it's going to have such a big impact. But then once it takes place, you look back and you're like, wow, that was, that was truly a pivot point in my life, like you described. Mm -hmm. so, so now what happens after that, right? You, you have, you get into uh, yoga training and I know you worked at Core Power. Was that the initiation? Mm -hmm. Like what, what transpired afterwards after you kind of got introduced to this world? Because now I'm sure you'll get into this for the most part, we think of yoga as the physical yoga, right? But there's so much more to yoga than just that, right? So perhaps you can, you can walk us through what happened after and then get into a little bit more about the, the yoga piece as well. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like picking together and like piecing together parts of 11 years ago, which I... It's a long time, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a really long time ago, so I'll do my best. But I, I feel like that conversation, that seed that was planted was actually years before I decided to sell all of my things, leave New York City and move to Colorado and start my yoga journey. So if I think back during that time and during who I was, I, I really felt like I was so broken 
broken in the most beautiful way in the sense that I had no idea who I was. So I kept trying to figure out um, who I wanted to be. So I felt really fragmented in the sense of understanding self, understanding who I was. So my ego was like, okay, well, this is working. So try this on kind of like when you try new clothes on, you're like, Oh, I kind of like how I feel on this outfit. Right. And I was able to do that because I hid behind the mask of cocaine. So cocaine was kind of this armor of me going, I'm going to be whatever I want to be. Right. Like cocaine was the confidence for me to go out and play in mm. a go with understanding of self in New York city. But on the inside, there was such turmoil that was dealt with, um, suicidal attempts and just the, the darkest places that I've really ever went to was that time in my life. And I thank God every single day that I didn't die truly. And it's hard for me to go back there and even tell those stories because it feels so far away from myself right now. Mm. Um, but I, I remember there was just points of my life where at that time I was engaged. I was engaged at a really, really young age and I was in a relationship that was um, pulling me further away from myself and getting me more into the world of like cocaine and literally rock and roll. Um, and the person that I met, that soul sister that I met that one day in a bar and literally we went to go order a shot of Jameson and we both had weed in our purse and smoked a joint and she had just finished core power yoga teacher training and was on a flight back from like Ireland. And it was just that one conversation that someone just started talking to me that life could be different, that I could look at life different. And it was also one of those first moments that I really felt seen. And that one seed broke me open even more because then I started questioning everything, which brought me deeper into a spiral, right? So then it was like really highs and lows of, I don't wanna deal with this, I'm gonna go really deep into cocaine, which came out of even more depression and darkness. But there was some point, maybe two years after that, that I looked at my life and I said, I have a choice to die, to stay in New York City and die, or to go and live. I. And I don't know what that moment was, but I know that that was there at some point. And I asked myself in one of these like deepest, darkest moments of my life, where's the happiest I've ever been? That was the question that came up. And the answer was actually on top of a mountain. My sanctuary was always on my snowboard. It was the only time that I felt free growing up. Um, so I was like, well, Colorado's cool. I went to school there for two years. I was on the snowboard team in college until I blew my knee out. Like that, that was the whole reason I went to Colorado was well, first to get away with, to get as far away from my family as possible. Sorry, family, I love you now. But at the time to get as far away as possible from my family and to snowboard. And in New York City, I just, I asked myself, where's the happiest? Like, where do I feel the most joy? So. I went to Colorado not to do yoga, but that same conversation about core power that was planted about two years before that. And after I took that really bad yoga experience in New York City, and I was like, I'm, I'm not doing yoga, head to the no. I remember core power yoga started in Colorado. And it was one of the only places at that time that core power was because it was such a small company back in 2008, 2008, I think. 
when yeah. I moved to Colorado. <laughs> so I went snowboarding again in Colorado. The first thing I got there, I ended up over rotating on a front flip off of a cliff and almost breaking my neck. And that's what finally got me into <laughs> the motherfucking yoga studio. Sorry, I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. But like, <laughs> how many things do I have to like, how close to death do I have to get for God to be like, hey, go to yoga. So um, I started doing yoga because of that injury more than anything. And I gave yoga a second chance because of that conversation of like how incredible core power was. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget it. The very first class that I went to, it was again, that moment that I was like, whoa, I'm seen, I'm held and I'm supported. And I think that's what core power did so well. I can't speak for the company now because I don't have association to them. But when I was with them, I just felt so held and I cried my eyes out that first class mm. and was like, whoa, wait, 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 what is this? And within three months I signed up for teacher training and that was it. I mean, there's a lot of stories <laughs> I could tell you right now. There's yeah, a lot I, of stories. One thing I do want to reflect back though, you know, at, yeah. uh, f first of all, I really appreciate your vulnerability, but at the same time, your integration, right? Because that's a, a past carry that doesn't really live in you today, right? Like yeah. the way that you speak <laughs> about it, it's just like, yeah, that was a carry, but I was the old version yeah. and you've really gotten over that and become this new person, right? But mm -hmm. I appreciate that you can own that fully and you can, you can mm -hmm. speak to it with, with so much confidence. Like, yeah, that happened. And then I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here now, right? But that is what's made you yeah. carry, right? So I really appreciate, yeah. I really appreciate you, you, you sharing that. And it's, you know, if somebody's at a low point, right, you can, you can take solace in that and say, you know, there's always the light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's always something that can happen and look out for those little moments. And, and for you, it's something that maybe took a, a bigger moment, breaking your knee, and then also, also with what was happening in New York, but then you, you listened, right? You listened. And, and I know there's a, a lot to unpack here when we get into to yoga itself, right? So I think let's take on that topic. Right, let's take on yoga. Let's do it. You know, you, let's you, you, take you, on you, yoga. Yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. like a challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so when you 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 started doing teachers training, and and what I was saying earlier, a lot of people listening probably, I wouldn't say you know, majority of people in the states still know yoga as physical yoga, right? Like they mm -hmm. they've done core power, or they've taken a yeah. a Brickham class, or they've you know they've done yoga in some way but they don't really understand, uh, you know, the, the depth of yoga. Um, so I, I want to open that up to you. You know, how do you, how do you understand yoga and the part that it's played in your life? Yeah. So I look at yoga as a lifestyle, not a practice. It's an mm. integration of who we are and a path to realizing all that we are reclaiming the parts of ourself that we've abandoned, that we've thrown to the side and creating this unification of all aspects of self. So I don't refer to myself as that old version of me. I refer to those um, as an identification that was never me that I was playing. Yeah. Right? So we try things on, we call in experiences to create duality, to understand who we're not, to get closer to who we are. Hmm. 
And yoga is this beautiful path of awareness, truly, of expanded consciousness. If you look at Tantra, which is a very similar system to yoga um, or Ayurveda, right? These are all systems towards samadhi, towards awakening, towards the getting into the space of the godlike individual that we all are, right? Some people call that connection to the creator or universe or God or goddess or Shiva or Shakti. Like it's all the same, right? It's the energy of, of who we are. And it's the, the radiance from moving from a space of heart, allowing yeah. communication and integration and movement of life from the space of heart versus from the space of intellect and mastery. Um, So the question of yoga then becomes, actually you asked the question. You were going to ask me a question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would, you know, I wanted to go back to something you said and and kind of emphasize that point and get some clarification around, you know, the previous versions of yourself, you don't look at it that way. It's rather a mask or a personality that we continue to evolve, right? That's not really what we are in the egoic self, right? So for people that don't understand that, right? They don't understand that we have this personality that we live and we change outfits as we move along in life. Mm -hmm. How how would you help them understand that? You know, how, what is that, that egoic identity that we Yeah, the easiest way to describe it is the second that you came out of your mother's womb, the very first thing that you did was you took a breath in and life happened. And as soon as you took a breath in, you activated all of your pranic channels. So you were frequency, you moved from frequency into form. Mm -hmm. And that happened through the breath. So the breath lit up all of the aspects of you, including your brain, which started to create based on what you were seeing, based on your five senses, what you were seeing, smelling, hearing, touching, tasting. You started to understand who you were based on you looking at other people, based on what you felt, based on what you heard, based on what you were told about the self, right? So we develop an identification of self, which is simply our ego. Now, the ego is neither good or bad. It's just the personification that we've created based on what we think about ourselves, what we think about the world, but for most of us, what other people have also told us to be. (laughs) So again, we try out all of these things. We try to fit into these descriptions or categories of self based on people that we trust and love based on people that gave us all of our needs that met all of our needs mostly our parents um, but this could be our siblings or our aunt uncles like any of those dynamics in childhood so my parents told me you are this 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 life is like 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 this and i grew up trying to be this and trying to be this and and living life like this and I didn't fit into any of it. Mm. So when, when you don't get your needs met as a child, you then push a part of yourself down. Mm. You abandon an aspect of self and you go into performance mode. The ego steps in from a space of safety and survival and goes, hey, myself right now isn't safe to be seen, to be felt, to be loved, to be held, to be heard. But if I perform this way, I get my needs met. I get seen, I get attention, 
I get a hug. So we start going into performance and the ego takes over for most of us. Mm-hmm. And my ego took over so hard based on <laughs> my childhood and not feeling like I got the love and attention that I needed. Um, and going through the traumas of my childhood that I went through, my ego really stepped up. Mm. So it was like, yeah, like again, so cocaine was cocaine carry. I was like, oh yeah, because it was it was an even bigger pers- protection and personification of the self. Mm-hmm. So the ego, the identification of who we who we are, is is never about who we are. It's just about the protection of self but what's really beautiful is the more that you do the conscious work and the more that you own all that you are the more you can step into the mastery of the ego meaning you can develop the identification of you that creates the container for your heart to sing Mm. because now you're in partnership So the identification of you that is in alignment with who you are, which is frequency heart, we are both. And when you can understand all that you are and then choose how you want to identify that which is you and feel into that, that becomes the container for you to expand and expand and expand into your own safety, into your own confidence, into your own security of self. You don't need that from that outside. You're secure within how you identify with you. There's no more conflict. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now I was gonna, I was gonna okay. say, <laughs> I was gonna invite the audience to take a deep breath, right? Because that was there's mm. a lot of lot of shares there, and you started with the <laughs> breath. So I was like. <sighs> and it's such it's such a juicy and important topic you know the discernment of the egoic self and true self right and Mm -hmm. i think in my journey the the even the identification that there's two selves that we have a true self and we have a egoic self was was groundbreaking (laughs) like that in itself was a lot it took a lot to get there because we're so consumed by our lives and we numb ourselves to the daily actions that we're doing. And we get deeper and deeper into just life things that we don't really ask ourselves, who are we? Like, who are we truly? Uh, and what is it that we want to do on this planet? Um, and and I found that case. And sometimes it does happen through scenarios that, that you mentioned, Carrie. Like sometimes it is, you know, having an accident in a uh, you know, on a snowboarding <laughs> trip or yeah, uh, yeah, a break or, you know, for me, it was kind of getting to the pinnacle of my career. It, it for me, that was success and I got there and, and then I was the emptiest I ever was. Um, and that's where I sort of started to unfold and say, okay, there's gotta be more, you know? So people that are hearing, they're listening in, you know, what are some of the things that they can do even to initiate this journey? Because I think the initiation is the most difficult part, right? Once you kind of get down the path and things start to open up, you start to listen. Uh, But what can folks do to initiate? Yeah. Step one, you already said it. Recognize the duality of self. Recognize the egoic self and the true self. This is the head and the heart, right? But also recognize that the egoic self becomes the true self. 
on the path of wholeness. Mm. There, you move from duality into wholeness, but before you get to wholeness, you have to recognize, <laughs> own, and take responsibility for the duality. And really what I teach within my six-month mastermind, but with all of my students and clients, is this first step to anything well, the yogis believe it a little bit different. The first step is detoxification for awareness, but the first step is really awareness. It's witness mm -hmm. consciousness. Now, how we get into witness consciousness to I am that which is witnessing my thoughts. I am that which is witnessing my mind, my body, my breath. Mm -hmm. I am the silent observer that is witnessing the experience because you can't be that which is witnessing and that which is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. if you can just start to create enough awareness to become the witness, then you start to really recognize how the mind takes over. How you get into a space of witness consciousness, there are tons of different ways. You have a podcast about it, the growth <laughs> lab, right? So the yogis believe and the tantras believe, tantrikis believe, to get onto that path first, you have to detox. Step one, detoxification on all paths. So, and detoxification, we think of detox and we think like, oh, we have to clean up our diet. That's totally part of it. But we also have to clean up our environment, which means our friends, our mm. like you have to detox not only physically and mentally, but energetically. So you want to get your vessel prepared and your environment prepared. So you are no longer pulled and triggered and, and moved in many different directions. So you become a channel that is clear and open to then really sit into the seat of witness. Mm. Yoga, asana, the physical practice of yoga, which is a very, 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 very small, very small <laughs> section of yoga. Um, asana is meant to purify, to detoxify. Mm. That's, that's the entire purification process, right? So asana, the physical practice, is meant to detoxify and strengthen the body. Mm. From there... From that place, then you get into breath control and you begin to witness the breath. So we look at asana, the physical practice, as the path, the past, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> the past, the breath anchoring you into the present. And the breath is the gateway to clear and detoxify old memories, old processes, um, old energy that is stagnant in the body it is the mm. path past i don't know why i keep saying past it's always it's also the path, <laughs> well, it's path, it's yeah. the path. <laughs> yeah so oftentimes when people are in yoga and they're physically shaking like their body's shaking mm. they think that they're not strong enough but that's the body's natural way to clear out memories and stagnant energy mm. So what do dogs do when they're, or, or if you see something scary, you shake. Yeah. Because the body is purifying itself of the trauma. Mm. So in yoga, when you shake, your body is purifying yourself of past trauma. It's that strong for the detoxification. So asana is beautiful. 
and people stay in asana for too long i think mm. <laughs> yeah so i invite you to move past asana and into breath work and you know higher states of conscious awareness so the breath is, is really this beautiful gateway it also purifies and opens the energy channels and and really 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 can move things in the body just like asana yeah and it it also allows you to move into the future into visualization and manifestation into connecting from the heart connecting from divine wisdom and imagining envisioning a new experience of self mm. so the breath is anchoring you here helping you clear past and also bring you into the future mm. i love that and there's only here by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I love that so much, the det uh, detoxification piece of just like going down that path. And I think yoga, just the physical yoga, yoga asana as we know it, you know, in, in, in the States and how people go to that, I think that's a really good gateway drug to getting into, mm -hmm. you know, like at mm -hmm. least it gets you in and then you can open. And to your point, you know, explore further, right? Explore what yoga means and explore a lot. There's a lot there, right? There's a lot there to be. Graduate from <laughs> yeah. power yoga. <laughs> yeah. Graduate, everybody. Graduate from power yoga. We were talking about this at Mind Valley. Like, what's the next thing for us, right? Yeah. Like, there needs to be an, a graduation path. So it's time Good. to graduate. Everybody that's listening, move into more breath work, more pranayama, more moon based hatha based practices. Um, move from if you feel detoxified and purified. It's time to take a slower practice and still the mind and really work into, you know, I think more of the Tantra based practices, the Hatha based practices, which are slower, longer breath control bandhas. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and I love that that's sort of the initiation, right? Because once you, once you get in and you start to discern that there are two different areas in you, right? Or at least that's perceived the egoic self and then there's a true self. It's just you always, right? But the perception of her, of her mind, um, then you kind of you know, follow that further. And something that you mentioned earlier that I loved was as you go further into the journey, um, you, know, you kind of unify the egoic self and the true self, right? They come together. Um, what is that? The egoic like? self is the true self. self yeah. It so, is. It is the true self. Yeah. So what is, is, what does that look like in experience? You know, when, when, as you're going through and you're kind of letting go of this, the egoic self, right. And mm -hmm. kind of owning your true self. What does that, what does that look like? What did that look like for you? There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of clinging. <laughs> There's a lot of like, but this feels really good. And like, you know, internal chaos of like, is this me? Is this not me? Is this me? Is this not me? But it's really feeling. It's shifting from thinking to feeling. Mm -hmm. It's being able to sit and witness your emotions and really understanding that the true self holds no judgment. It holds no worry. It holds no shame. So when we have different aspects of ourself that are not in alignment with ourself, there's two things that are happening. There's a part of ourself that we abandon that needs to be held, seen, heard, felt. 
that might be carrying shame or guilt or trauma of some sort. And the true self is that which is witnessing, saying, it's okay. You're allowed to be exactly who you are. You're perfect in all that you are. The true self doesn't need to be defined. It doesn't need to have a label. It is just a movement and expression of heart. It is a movement and expression of feeling. And it feels really, really good when it says, I am this. And it is okay with not being attached to whatever I am this is. But it is, align it is in alignment with the heart's purpose and work in this moment. And you know you're in alignment when you feel good. Like it's that easy. <laughs> when you feel good, like when you really feel good. And not just like, oh yeah, I'm happy. Like I'm on my snowboard. I'm in flow state. Like you feel safe and secure and nourished and rested and content. It's not excitement. In my opinion, in my belief, it's not excitement. It's not overzealousness. Those things are amazing and we all love them. But it's just like, yeah, I'm cool, man. This is good. Life is good. It's, you know what it is? It's relaxed. You're relaxed. You are relaxed and at ease. And that's yeah. the best feeling in the world. Yeah, absolutely. The quote that comes up uh, is like attached to nothing, but connected to everything. Um, you know, and it's, mm. and, and th that's so beautiful that you, that you mentioned that, you know, the, cause it, the way that I see it, it's almost like you're cleaning your, your, you're the conduit for spirit to, kind of manifest itself and you're clearing and becoming a clear channel and then you're allowing life to kind of take place mm -hmm. and move on in that way um and it's beautiful and there's so much that happens in the path right like we're talking in uh like start point and then, you know there's there's a perceived end there's no end right you're always going deeper and it's always evolving there's no destination right it is you're always you're always there and it's just kind of kind of clearing out and there's a lot of consistency that's that's important there because um, you know, I remember in part of my path, I've been in times when I'm meditating all like a lot and, you know, I feel like, okay, I'm connected. And, and then, you know, you go off and you get into the world and you get consumed and you're very much in your mind and you get back into your old patterns and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, like it's consistency coming back to your practices and coming back to these things. And to your point earlier, Carrie, like you're always the true self. Like there's no you know, it's not like, you know, in that moment in the, in the monastery, I was the true self. And then now I'm not right. Or, or in, a, in a certain period, I haven't been. Yeah. Um, so you're always that, but it's kind of like the fine tuning of, are you a clear conduit uh, for true self to manifest itself? Right. So, you know, I want to ask yeah. you a little you bit feel about good. Yeah. The feeling part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's the easiest yeah. way. That's the easiest yeah. way yeah. to discern it, right? Like rather than getting confused by the mind, Mm -hmm. energy doesn't lie right to your point if you feel good about mm -hmm. something then that's you know you can the, the mind can confuse you and it can bring up doubts and it can bring up mm -hmm. different things but your feeling and your energy is not going to lie to you you'll know if something feels good or it doesn't feel good right you can't really you can't really yeah. confuse that so i wanted to ask you a little bit about your time in india because you did spend a good amount of time mm -hmm. in india right how long were you in, in india for 
was only in India for um, 12 days, actually, not too long. Not too long. I, somehow I thought you were there for longer when we spoke. Yeah. But I, I, I do remember us talking about India and, and stuff. No, 12 days was enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <days. laughs> so, so what was that like? You know, because in some ways, um, you know, coming from the Western world and going to India and experiencing yoga, um, you know, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so I met um, a family of Brahmin actually at uh, the yoga studio that I took my training in, in Bali called The Practice. That's where I really started studying Tantra and more of the traditional path of yoga. And one of Octavio's, the owner's teachers came from India and they were doing a traditional puja, fire ceremony. And even though he didn't speak any English and I didn't speak um, any of the dialect from his village, there was just such intensity. Um, afterwards, his son was, you know, trying to get more awareness. So they are not only Brahmin, they help um, get young boys off the street and help them become Brahmin as well. So they have, um, I don't know if it's an orphanage or a school, I don't wanna miss <laughs> provide information, but it's, it's essentially um, a nonprofit where they help young boys get off the streets, like orphans get off the street and become Brahmin and work in the church. So they invited me to come out. I was the only other American. There was a Saudi Arabian woman that also worked with them. And then there was one other American guy. Um, I'm so, so grateful that he was there. But it was a, it was really, really intense. So we went on a Nahagrava, which is like a spiritual pilgrimage. So back in the day, um, this lineage of yoga is, is really connected to astrology as well. So when you go to temples, you go to temples of like the representation of sun and Saturn and moon, and you actually take like a celestial journey. And yoga there is you are watching the Brahmin perform chants. So it's very, very different. You are sitting there and you are watching the Brahmin chant and do full ceremonies to the different deities. Um, and a lot of our time was spent feeding people in the church, feeding the homeless, and then going like church to church to church and being in these puja ceremonies. So it was intense. We were in some of the most poorest regions of India outside Chinambram, um, Southern India. So it was just nuts. It was just really, really intense. I mean, the Brahmin would drop us off at hotel rooms um, and they would go sleep on the floors of the church. So there wasn't a lot of running water often, you know, there was a bucket in a hotel room and I got really, really sick multiple times. Um, and I, I almost died, but I went to India really, really sad. Like I was sad, really sad for a year. Once I really started looking at who I was, there was a lot of reclaiming I had to do. There was a lot of journeying to the depths of the soul and holding space for all of the guilt, shame, all of the ways that I did life that wasn't me. Mm. I, I cried for a solid year and maybe even longer than that. And I, I truly believe God invited me to India again to get me to that space of like almost on my death 
to wake up and say, this is why you're here. You have work to do. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more like close to death experiences. <laughs> yeah. I got it now. Understood. You know, announcing that I'm all about easy living now. <laughs> easy living, relaxed. I feel good. Um, no, I mean, it's been 11 years and like, this is the first year that I feel super freaking relaxed, man. Mm, I love like that. even in Mind Valley, I was still going through a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm still going through a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm nowhere close to enlightenment. Um, but this is the first year after 11 years that I, I really feel relaxed in who I am, which is, a, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it's, you know, the, the reason I ask about India and, and just journaling, like I've, you know, as I've traveled and I've gone to, uh, you know, places like Thailand and, and India and other places, I just, I just love hearing that part of the story because it gives you the humility and it really kind of anchors you to like be so grateful for life, right? Like how much you have, because you see people that have close to nothing, right? And, and they're happy, right? Like uh, one, one moment that I always remember is, you know, I, um, this was one of the times I was visiting back. So I was born in India, but I grew up in Northern California. And when I went back, one of the first times, and it was about 10, 15 years that I hadn't gone back. And I was going down the road and I saw in the slums, a group of like four boys that had like nothing but underwears on and they were hitting a, a, a tire with a stick. Uh, and they were just the happiest they could be, you know, in their mm-hmm. true self, right? Because they were just, they were just being themselves and they just felt good about being there. Like their perception wasn't, you know, we're in a bad spot right now. We're in the slums. They were just there. Right. And I love like going to those places mm-hmm. because it brings such a, if, especially if you look at it that way, right? Like a lot of mm-hmm. gratitude, uh, mm-hmm. to all that we have and how much we complain and we're given the luxury to explore these concepts that we're talking about today you know mm-hmm. sometimes people are just need to put food on the table right and, and they don't have the, yeah. the ability to kind of really concentrate and say like let me let me heal my traumas or let me like go down this path of, mm-hmm. of enlightenment totally. right because they're just trying to kind of feed for themselves and their families so I you know I, that just that point was coming up to share Right? And it's um, and if, if anybody gets the chance to you know travel in that way, please do because it, it definitely brings a new perspective, especially for people for in the states. You know, a lot of people are traveling now, but you'll be surprised to see in Europe a lot more people travel. Right, like they're going everywhere, but not so much in the states now. It is happening. Um, that's a great point. Now going back to your journey a little bit, Carrie. So now you're in Berlin, right? Like you're up yep. to cool things, and you mentioned you're in a relaxed state, which is awesome, right? Like you're in a place, and obviously to your point, you're never like reached a point where you're saying, "Okay, now I'm done," right? Like you haven't checked the box. Like that never happens. You're always I haven't levitated. <laughs> yeah, you haven't levitated. <laughs> you, like if you, if you if you do have superpowers, can you show up here? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, like now that you're in, in Berlin, you're you kind of feel that you're settled there. That's your new home, as we were talking about. Like, what are you up to these days? Like, what does life look like for Carrie? Yeah, it's really cool. It's um, it's different every single day. Truly, like I'm working on a variety of different projects. So I'm a yoga teacher and a healer and breathwork facilitator. So I have essentially an online and offline education platform to support people to heal 
through yoga, breathwork, and spiritual growth. And in that healing process, really reclaim all that they are so they can experience more relaxation and joy. And that is showcased in a variety of different ways. So I work as a motivational speaker. I speak mostly on conscious expansion and awareness. Um, I teach yoga here and Pilates as well and some fitness classes. So again, like I love the fitness world as much as I love the yoga world because it is, I truly believe it's the gateway in. I teach breath work once a month. I have a yoga retreat in three days, a yoga and transformational breath work retreat happening in Austria, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I've partnered with some really, really incredible brands. So I am the Lululemon Yoga Ambassador here. And they are just such an incredible brand that is really, really supporting um, a lot of us fitness and wellness um, you know, individuals that are trying to do good things in the world. And then I work with a couple different apps. So I'm a fitness trainer and yoga trainer and some, some different apps. I have a six month mastermind. I have a lot going on. <laughs> I'm hiring at the moment. I'm building out my team finally. So yeah, I have a lot, I have a lot happening. Yeah, There's a festival coming. I'm building a festival, hopefully. I don't know if it's going to be 2021. I think it's going to be 2022, but there's going to be a Yoga Life Awakening Festival soon here in Europe. So some that. really cool shit happening. Yeah, yeah I remember it's, 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 it's so awesome to hear you say all of that because I remember two years ago, you know, right after we left Tallinn and you were going, I think you were going to Germany at the time and you were like, you know, mm -hmm. like now I'm being called to expand and like build and, and, you know, share Right after more. I bankrupted my business. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and now to see that manifested, you know, like two years later and you're doing all this, all this cool, all these cool things. I, I love yeah. to, I love to hear that, that, you know, the work you've done to your, you know, in yourself, now you're sharing it with others and, and sharing the knowledge and the wisdom, which is, which is beautiful. Now, before you let you go, Carrie, do, do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you want to share with, with, uh, with the people, anything that's coming up for you right now? Mm. I love this question. I would like to go back because I, you were saying along the lines and you were speaking to, there's so many people out there that are just really struggling right now to get food on the table, right? That they think that working on themselves and working on this path of, of enlightenment is so far away. And I think the message that I feel, I truly feel that the message I want everyone to hear is that you are so sufficient. Mm. You are so resilient and you are so capable. Like if there's anything that I can really feel in myself is like, wow, I'm, I'm really capable. I'm really sufficient. Like I went from, after I met you, I bankrupted a company and I literally came to Berlin and was sleeping on people's couches for four months. Mm. And now I'm, you know, making a, a lot of money <laughs> which is great but it, I, for a whole year I made nothing like I I've had such intensity in my life and you are capable and you are sufficient and you are enough and if you continue to just keep showing up for yourself and keep showing up for your heart and for humanity like I am for team humanity I believe in us so much that we can rise together and Oh, another one. You don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it alone. There are so many beautiful people that are here for you. Mm. You know, I'm an Instagram message away, but like there's just so many beautiful people that 
are just here saying, yeah, you got this. So don't think you have to do it alone. Even if you feel like you don't fit into your family or your friends dynamic, or you, you feel like you're the weird one that doesn't belong. There are people out there that are just as weird and quirky as you. I promise <laughs> you find your tribe. Don't do it alone. Be in a collective and a group that allows you to rise together with the group. Mm. Lean on other people, lean on humanity. We have each other's backs. Yeah. I love those closing yeah. thoughts. Those are so important. Like, yeah. you know, the the first point that you mentioned, I, I often see people either on two ends of the spectrum, either, you know, you've reached the pinnacle of success and you kind of go through your, your journey, right? Like you kind of say, okay, I've got everything, yeah. but there's more. And then on the flip side, when you really hit the bottom, then you see it, right? So, and then, you know, you can join any, any time in the middle as well, but, yeah. uh, but it's always available to your point, right? You're capable enough to kind of follow that. Um, so this has been a beautiful conversation, Carrie. I appreciate you being on and joining us from Berlin. Lastly, if somebody wants to engage with you, you talked about your Instagram, you talked about other channels, like what's the best yeah. way people can reach out? I know you do online breathwork sessions and, you know, you're doing a lot of cool things. So how can people yeah. get in touch? Yeah. Honestly, the easiest way is through my website. It's so easy. It's just my name. It's www.carrymerriam.com and everything is on there. Um, my social media channels are on there. You know, if you want to work with me in any capacity, all of that information is on there and that gets, it gets filtered right to me, hopefully soon a team member, because um, I need that extra support, but I'm calling it in. Um, yes, you will get to me the quickest and most directly through my website. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Carrie, again for joining. Yeah. I consider you a soul sister, you know, someone that will, will continue to kind of go in her past, but someone that looks at life in the same way and on the path of, of unfolding and uh, really living from her true self. Um, so appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Mm, so good. So good. Thank you.